I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everyone. It's all in sports. Jake Seeley, your host as always. I'm sure you're following me, but just in case, at All In Kid. And I mentioned that, unfortunately, I wasn't able to give away a signed mini helmet of Michael Thomas to everybody listening, to everyone listening. But I have a few leftover Check the Link shirts, which I I guess people don't want to buy anymore. I guess that was fun last year and everybody wants the band kicker one. So I got to double check the sizes but I'm going to do a little bit of a giveaway. I'll figure it out. So listen on Thursday. We'll do it for, like, hey, right before Christmas. Uh, you probably won't get them in time, but you know what? It's a free t-shirt. I don't care if they're there in time. It's free. I'll figure out something to give them all away to you guys and mail them on out. Otherwise, we're going to jump into today's podcast. Again, as always, go to all in sports front slash. No, go to the athletic dot com front slash all in sports you get 30 percent off if you haven't signed up yet baseball season's coming still tons of other amazing writers besides myself on there also the patreon page with myself joe pizapi and chris meany as we do extra podcasts youtube video discount on the black book or a free black book all, all sorts of stuff check that out patreon.com front slash all in sports but let's get started today with my first guest and that is the one Scott Barrett of Pro Football Focus, one of the better young minds in the industry. Can I say that, Scott? Because you are a youngster. You're even younger than most people that I know. Because especially, <laughs> hold on, especially because your handle, Scott Barrett, DFB, I mean, for the fact that you used to be Dude Fantasy Bro, I mean, dude, bro, come on. Uh, yeah, you could go with one of the better analysts. I, I'd, I'd go with the best, but, uh, but better works too. I'll take that. I have too many friends that come on this show. I can't make you my favorite. My <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Plus, your competition as well. And last time I checked, you're beating me in the rankings contest. No, 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 no. I think you're ahead of me. Oh, oh, that's, that's right. You were in first place for 14 weeks. You f- finished 30th <laughs> and then dropped like 30 spots. I, 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 mean, no I was. I was first. Then the next week, following up, I fell to second. Then the next week, following up, I fell to third. And then the following week, all of a sudden, I'm 13. Yeah. And you, and you weren't even that bad that week. <laughs> no. Uh, makes no I, uh, sense. No, it, it doesn't. But you know what? Hey, you know, a lot of that doesn't make a huge amount of sense. We, we don't need to go down that road. We, we, you'll get me started. Fair. A lot of running back. This is, or for everybody out there, it's week 16. It's bittersweet, Scott. I know. Like, it's the end. It's here. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. At one hand, it's like, oh, my God, I'm actually going to be able to sleep more than three hours. On the flip side of it, it's like, oh, crap, the football season's almost over. But week 16, heading to championship week, and we have running back Bonanza. I don't even – you saw, like, what I said about tight ends in the, the, the this topics I sent you, which is just largest for those. That's basically, like, some of the running back situations because we're going to talk about each of them, but we're talking about – Balaj being an option. We're talking about Elijah McGuire for the second week in a row. We're talking about Derrick Henry being freaking 
oh my god where'd you real quick where'd you have derrick henry at the beginning of the season because that's probably what pisses me off more than anything oh i had him really low i, so I, wrote him I. Up as and we were right for the entire damn season until the I last know. i was stubborn too i didn't want to move him up my rankings last week even though i loved the matchup and he made a ton of sense i just didn't want to believe well, I mean, the, the usage has always been a concern. And I, to be honest with you, I still want to see these last two weeks how they use him because if they go back to 50-50, don't forget, Vrabel himself has come out and said that you're going to see one running back one week, 20 touches, and the other one the next week, 20 touches, and another week of they split it. So I, I want to see if we get Derek – real quick, 2019, Scott Bear, if we get Derek Henry getting 20 touches in each of the last two games, is he going to be near your top 15 next year? No. Really? Not, Not even PPR, no. Like, I, I know he, I don't want him there, but he still needs to be there. So, so here's his thing is he's um, game script sensitive. He doesn't catch passes, so that kills him in PPR. He has only 13 catches this year. He's never had more than 13 catches in any season. Uh, Tennessee isn't really a top uh, NFL team to me, uh, at least like projecting towards next year. Uh, so he's really only usable in games with positive game script. You know, when they're trailing, they're going to go with Deion Lewis, who's the better pass-catching running back. So that not only limits his upside, but it, it caps his uh, – it lowers his floor. It's just risky, and, you know, um, sure, he'll get those goal line touches. Uh, sure, he looks awesome the past two weeks, but he also sucked for 12 other games this year. Um, well, to be fair – the offensive line is helping some. I mean, it's, yeah. you, you know this. That's a nice offensive line. Yeah, so part of the reason I was so down on him, there's not just the split with Deion Lewis, but what I've said since he's come out of college is the fact that if you get to him, to, I, I hate, and I'm sure you do too, the term downhill runner because it's just kind of, you know, what the hell, whatever. But he is the personification of that. Like, mm-hmm. He gets, you know, three steps going and his full head of steam and he's running downhill. You're good luck stopping him. But the problem is if you trip him up before he gets to the line of scrimmage, good for you. He's not going anywhere. Let's, let's just not forget that before week 14, he was averaging 3.7 yards per carry and uh, 10.7 carries per game. But, I mean, you're starting him this week. There's no way you're not starting him this week, especially against Washington, who's been hemorrhaging points to the running back position since week nine. I think they also rank like, last or second second worst in uh, yards allowed per carry. Um, Tennessee should be heavy favorites against Josh Johnson. So, um, yeah, I mean, must start week, week 16 championship week, especially after, you know, what does he have? He has like twice as many yards as Marcus Mariota over this stretch, uh, 50 <laughs> carries, 408 yards, six touchdowns. Yeah, you can't bench that at all. You know, he's got – Almost as many yards, or wait, is it more yards and one less touchdown? Or the one way or the other, it, the yards and the touchdowns are close from the last seven quarters to the first forty-nine. So yeah, yeah, it's like um, maybe eighty percent or eighty-five percent. Yeah, it's, it's 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 beyond ridiculous. But anyway, let's move on. I don't want to spend too much time in Derek Henry because I'm just going to get mad again, and that's just going to annoy me. And, <laughs> right. And that's and you know what? Real quick, when you brought up the Redskins, though, is there's a perfect testament to get your thoughts on this. Is and I know you pay attention, which is one of your very valuable columns that you have, is talking about matchups for wide receivers, tight ends, slot receivers, and all that type of stuff. 
which, you know, I do the APA, which I adjust points that are allowed by position and all these things really help you. But again, to the point of when people try to predict a season are saying like, oh, well, you have to look at what this team has as their 16-game schedule. You should fade this person. Like, looking at season-long schedules, because the Redskins are a perfect example of all three ways. At the beginning of the season, it was nobody cared about facing the Redskins. Then you get to, like, week two or three, and you're like, oh, my God, this defense is one we have to worry about. And then you get to the middle point of the season, as you just mentioned, and all of a sudden it's like, hell, start everybody against the Redskins. So they've been – they literally went up and down. Yeah, the, the NFL season's crazy. I talk with Sigmund Bloom about this quite a bit where it's – Did it's you just like, drop on my podcast? Oh, oh, oh I think I did. <laughs> he's no D'Angelo Williams, but, he, but he's a nice guy. <laughs> At uh, least he acknowledges you. Right. Yeah, we're friends. But uh, it's like uh, there's like all these micro seasons within the season. Like you can split it up, you know, into thirds or into quarters, and it's just like things will look drastically different. And then they completely change. And like in the Redskins case, then they go back to what we originally thought. So it's just, you know, a crazy wild season. And especially that's, that's maybe never more evident than, than last week. You could have had one of the stacked, most stacked lineups in the history of fantasy football. And your team only scored 30 points this week. I saw your tweet. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that's my biggest tweet of all time. It has 5,000 favorites, but... Does it? Whatever, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's blowing up. Well, because, I mean, it is a testament to what went wrong. I mean, your point is... angry fans out there. Yeah. That, that roster you tweeted out, as you said, averaged 140 points. Yeah. Average. Mm-hmm. And then, what did you say this got Like 43 or something this week? Like 29. Was it that low? Yeah. I forget now. Because I saw it and I was just like, you know what? This is the misery of it. Because I, I didn't want to <laughs> give too much attention to it because you're. it's a great tweet. Mm. It's just... I, I, people are so ticked off and to your other one which you followed up with about a, almost a day ago now when we're recording this podcast is my mentions right now fantasy football is all luck in various capitalized letters and a baby crying and that's that's the truth it's like while your point is valid and it's funny and it's fun to joke about and to say you know like oh my god could you imagine this roster of 140 points not even scoring 30 it is, it is always a, a portion of luck, but it's not, that, that one thing doesn't excuse 15 weeks of what got you here. Yeah, it's frustrating, but it's, it's part of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luck definitely does play a major role, maybe like 40% if I had to quantify it. I, I, I don't say really 33. Know. Yeah, just I like Because that. it's nice. I say it's a third luck, it's a third roster management, and then it's a third the draft. I, th- I actually think 33 is a little low. Like if you were in a league where it was just the team with the most points through 16 weeks, I would say that's right. But when you factor in playoffs, I think it, it gets bumped up to like playoffs. Or so. <laughs> nice. Um, are but yeah. you a fan of, speaking of, are, are you a fan of, so um, the going deep league that Mike Clay created. So there are no head to heads until the championship game, the first round, is the top scores the top two scores advanced there's two buys the next round is the top two scores advanced and then the championship game so you don't have really head-to-head in the playoffs do you like that or do you not like the fact that you kind of lose the you know oh i beat blah 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 in a head-to-head matchup um i don't know i'm, I'm indifferent on that <laughs> it's fine way to have a strong opinion <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll have some uh, once we once we do finally get to these questions. These are the questions. This is valuable information for people out there. 
it's, mm. a, you know, some people out there like that. I don't, I mean, I, I could see the, the appeal in it is because you want that just the best two teams to advance, but I mean, you, you do lose a little bit of it. All right. So how about what do you have opinion or feelings on Kalen Bellage and this week, because he might be a starting running back for some teams in week 16. Yeah. I, it, it's weird. I, like Hold you probably. I, I, do you want to pour one out for Frank Gore, by the way? Yeah, yeah. The okay. the the a legend. Um, <laughs> I really did think he was immortal. Apparently not. Apparently done for the year. But uh, yeah, I, I you don't even hate D'Angelo Williams as much as Adam Gase hates Kenyon Drake. I it makes no <laughs> no sense to me. He had, he had one carry last week, and and Adam Gase said it had nothing to do with injury. Uh, is it Kalen Balaj's time? Uh, it's his time to receive a Frank Gore workload, which is to say one carry and eight to 14 <laughs> carries. Um, but how many games has, has Gore been fantasy relevant this year? No, well, so Not I guess lot. that's the appeal is the appeal that Balaj might has a little, a little bit more burst to him, change up this offense a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think he's, he's like going to be a high end RB three in my rankings. See, I always thought I thought when he came out of the draft, I thought he was going to be a complimentary piece. And when they drafted him, I actually thought that was a good sign for Kenyon Drake because I thought the skill set was a little bit similar. And my point was, you know what? Well, they drafted Belage as the backup to Drake. Like there, he's not there to contest the touches. I don't know. Matthew Berry's probably excited. Kalen Belage was his guy, <laughs> but I actually wasn't really a fan of him coming out of college. Um, but, you know, like when he does have a conviction like that, Ma- Matthew Berry is really well connected. His sources are, are usually right. Like when he, when he says something like that, I adjust my rankings. So, you know, obviously the team must really like him, feel comfortable with him. Uh, and they hate Kenyon Drake. So, you know, maybe. Um, I, I'm not. He's literally trying to get fired on purpose. I mean, that's, that's, that's possible. Yeah. What, what, what else is, can explain uh, some of his decisions? Like we saw Kenyon Drake last year uh, put together one of the most statistically efficient uh, running back seasons of the past decade. Uh, by my data, it was the best season by yards after contact per attempt. Uh, I know he's, he has like a boomer bust style where, where he'll get tackled behind the line of scrimmage a little bit more often than the next running back. But, you know, a lot of explosive plays – uh, and I do believe in him as a talent, but yeah, Adam Gase, you know, uh, rational coaching theory, uh, who knows what's going on there. You, you, you just can't trust him. And I don't really trust ballot or I'm not really excited or, or really trust him, but, um, cause we only have this one week left, really, this is your championship week. Right. And then after that, hopefully, you know, week 17 doesn't matter to your fantasy leagues. Uh, so, so yeah, so we can't like take a wait and see approach, which is what I'd want to do. So I'd have to say, yeah, I'm I'm more skeptical than than not. Plus, you know who the Dolphins face this week, right? Actually, no. Who, who do they face? <laughs> the Jaguars. So well, I mean, they, they did just <laughs> yeah. They they just gave up a billion to Derrick Henry, but at the same time, right. you know, the defense can sh- it has it it done it at times this year where it's decided to show up. All right, so. Did you watch any of the Jets game on Saturday? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, Elijah McGuire, who I already had opinion about before that game, but watching that game, and I don't know if it was because of the jersey and the same team, 
but he reminded me a little bit of Matt Forte. And I said, you know what? I kind of out of college felt he was a little bit more change of pace, pass catching option, complimentary piece at best. I saw now granted the yards per carry were not great, but that's the offensive line in the matchup, especially against the Texans, in my opinion, did not help him looking at what he's facing this week against Green Bay and the fact that at times, like I said, he kind of felt like a Matt Forte type. Now, I'm not saying he's Matt Forte in talent. I said type. Um, I think that if you're telling me I need to start Elijah Maguire as my RB2 this week, I kind of feel good about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say he's, he's Matt Forte, but he has 17 carries, four targets, and back-to-back games, 74% of the snaps. Uh, I'm down. That's a bell cow workload. Let's go. <laughs> and he's facing the Packers, which who who the hell knows who's even playing for that team this week. Do you think Aaron Rodgers plays? I think they might check out. I think he might just be done. Could be. Yeah, I mean, he looks. He doesn't even look interested. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe did you Did you watch that game? He's a warrior. No. Uh, oh wait. Well, hold on. Are you an Aaron Rodgers fan? Oh yeah. Who's not? Me? Great. Why? Because he's a dick. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> People are always just like, how could you root for this person because they're a jerk? And I'm like, listen, these, these players are just pieces of meat to me. All right? They're just, they're just commodities I'm trading on a market. Well, that, that's a, that, okay. I'll give you that. That's a little bit don't, better than saying they're pieces of meat. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell me they're, they're about their personality. I, I, I just want to know their their passer rating and well given the job that we're in and the interaction that we've had with some people it's like you know i just i appreciate people that aren't dicks we'll put it that way then why'd you have me on <laughs> fair enough <laughs> next time so let's go to a quarterback that well, i don't know if he's nice or kind or a jerk or I don't I don't know how he is I've seen him play in Nick Foles and now Nick Foles is going to be starting in week 16 we saw the boost that Alshon Jeffrey got last week and we saw Zach Ertz struggle to have any connect what do you think happens this week what is your expectations for what Nick Foles does against the Texans for this offense is that I put it put it this way not only that is there anybody you would trust including Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz in this game um I I would trust Alshon and, and Zach Ertz so I looked at at it uh, in active and healthy games with Nick Foles under center over the past two seasons. Um, Alshon Jeffries actually more has seen better volume and is more productive with on a per game basis with Foles uh, under center. Uh, Ertz actually sees, I think it's, it's either better or um, slightly better or equivalent volume, but is less, efficient and less productive with, with falls in our center. Um, just what we saw. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd bump pretty much everyone down except I'd boost Alshon Jeffrey up. I, I think when you look at those games from last year, I think there was, there was a game or two where he, he kind of like was just decoy mode, but if you take that out or he was hurt or so, something like that. But, uh, but uh, yeah, more productive with Nick Foles in our center. And, and we saw that last week for sure. We saw that play out. So um, I, I think that's what you do there. Uh, overall offense uh, t- gets dinged up a little bit, but um, and Nick Foles, I don't think is someone to start, but but yeah, Alshon bump up. You're still starting Ertz, uh, and that's about it for me. All right, well then here's one for you. 
I'm going to throw out a challenge. Challenge to your rankings on Tuesday. Well, not Tuesday because that's when the podcast is coming out, but we're recording Monday night. So I'm doing what everybody does to us, Scott. I'm asking you about your rankings on a Monday. Okay. As of today, mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey or Brandon Cooks against Patrick Peterson? Um, I'd have to look at um, what Cooks has done in other shadow games this year. If Sean McVay is one of those coaches who gets creative. I hear you typing. Are you trying to pull up shadow games? Yeah, I'm trying to. And if <laughs> if uh, um, McVay gets creative and, and moves. So week four, there was the Xavier Road shadow. Um, but that's pretty much our only sample. Um, so so I'll have to check and see what he did in that, that Rhodes game. If McVay got him got creative and like moved him towards the slot some. Uh, but I don't think so. I think I think probably Alshon Jeffrey higher. What week and, was that? Um, I'll pull it up. And and then Robert Woods as an RB one. Uh, he's been seeing really good volume. He's going to be in the slot uh, and safe. Um, so uh, that is week five. I uh, know no, week four is the Rhodes game and Brandon Cooks. Um, so yeah, Brandon Cooks caught seven for 116 and one, but against Xavier Rhodes himself, um, only caught three for 42 and was shadowed on about 60% of his routes. So it looks like McVay did do that. He did uh, get creative uh, despite the shadow. So yeah, uh, I think that's like a good toss up. I'll have to see how it plays out, but it's, it's a lot closer now. And I'm glad uh, I, I pulled it up. Yeah, and looking at this, so I'm looking at this game too, and it's a good thing Trey Waynes is out because Trey Waynes actually had a pretty good game. He get well, he gave up two big. That was it. A big catch to Woods and a big catch to uh, Cooks, and that was it. Mm. That well, Waynes does that. He, he does give up big plays every now and then. Yeah, but I mean, he's out. So yeah, this will be interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch your rankings. I'm gonna find out what they're gonna be. But yeah, but Patrick Peterson is is definitely someone uh, to be uh, scared of for sure. He, by my data, he's the, been the best shadow cornerback in the NFL in like each of the last four seasons, top five in fantasy points allowed per route and coverage, in like six of his last seven seasons. So uh, definitely someone to be fearful of uh, when you you know their wide receivers going up against them in shadow coverage. Which, by the way, do you ever like kind of wish you could hide your rankings on Fantasy Pros? Like, like, hey, don't copy my rankings, and you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, somebody asked me, and they're like, "Why is your gap on some players so big on Tuesday and get so small by Sunday?" And I'm like, "Because people are copying me." <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't. No one ever asked me about my rankings, unfortunately. Yeah, like, well, they should. Aren't you? Aren't you pretty high up in wide receivers? Yeah, I think so. You know why? Because yeah. I look at cornerback matchups. And you, yeah, you have all this data that you're pulling up behind the secret curtain over there. <laughs> right. Although, if I, I swear, if if this was if it was PPR, I'd be in first place. I'm like so confident. I just I stink I, uh, at standard and especially tight ends. No, no. So bad. I feel like I, I so like, I don't think you'd be in first place. I just think we'd all be doing better for this PPR. And to be That's honest, fair too. Yeah. Like I hate. PPR. People know this. I loathe PPR, but for accuracy and predicting outcomes, it's definitely, it would be easier. Mm. Yeah. Because the perfect example is like Deshaun Hamilton last week, this basket, you know, 
he and PPR almost, what do we have, like double-digit points? But in non, it was like four points because it was seven catches for 40-something yards or something like that. I'm trying to find yours right now. Where are you? Oh, we're back-to-back. You're right behind me. Oh. You're uh oh you're 27th in wide receivers. You got to pick your game up. You were doing better. Something I happened. Know, I know. Something happened about last week. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how far, far everybody falls this week because I don't think it's going to be a good one. And no. To that point, so I asked this question. We have a Patreon podcast with myself, Joe Pizzabee, and Chris Meany. And I asked them, and I'm going to ask you the same question. What's happened to the Rams? And the way that I said is, and I kind of threw out an answer to see if they agreed is, do you think the NFL has adjusted and somewhat figured out Sean McVay and that Jared Goff potentially just never really was that good? He was just boosted by this offense? Uh, I think the latter question is correct. I, I think Jared Goff is not this transcendent quarterback. He just has a transcendent mind as head coach and offensive play caller, has the NFL figured out Sean McVay? No, I don't think so. Like, if you're watching these games, Goff is just playing poorly. These are open wide receivers that he's missing. And I think that goes back to to what's going wrong with the, the Rams right now, and that's Jared Goff's quality of play. It has not been good. Um, what's the cause for that? Well, uh, he's been easily one of our least efficient quarterbacks when under pressure this year. Um, from a clean pocket, he's been one of the most efficient. Uh, and we saw this not really last year, although, although we did, but, but to not as extreme. And then the year before that, arguably like the worst season ever under pressure uh, in his rookie year. But what I mean, you know, that was before Sean McVay. Uh, so that's an issue. Also egregious home road splits, uh, especially in terms of fantasy points for Goff. And also egregious splits with, and without Cooper Cup, I think he misses Cooper Cup, his check down yeah. safety valve. And I think that help ex- helps explain uh, the inefficiencies when pressured. Um, so I think there's there's a bunch of factors going on. I still have the Rams super high up in, in my, you know, whatever, in mental Super Bowl odds um, bracket. But um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't panic too much just yet, but, but it, it's definitely concerning. I'm going to test your PFF knowledge off the top of your head. You ready for this? All right. All right. Where does he rank without looking? I want to see if you know off the top of your head. Where does he rank in NFL rating, QB rating, under pressure for quarterbacks that have at least taken 20% of the snaps? So that even includes the Fitzpatrick's of the world and stuff like that. Um, I'd say he's fifth worst, sixth worst. Uh, one, two, three, one, two. Now, see, now you made me go worse. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's seventh worst. He's 33rd. I was going with the third. Oh, okay. Of how many qualifying? Uh, 39. Okay. Yeah, all right. So that's big. So you're pretty, you were pretty close on that. So here's, look at clean, yeah, look at clean pocket passer rating next. And I, he's probably top five. So you, you don't often see, you know, top five and one bottom five and the other. So that just I'm gonna sh- find that. shows you he's almost definitely, number one in differential, which is a concern. So that's, that's tipping off to defenses that, yeah. oh, here's how to beat them. Make sure six. you pressure him. Yeah, there you go. So top six, the bottom six. That's, that's an egregious difference. Probably safe you know to say who, number one. Yeah. Do you know who no, number one is in under pressure? Um, by five points, by the way. I don't. Clean pocket is Mahomes. Pressure. Yeah. Pressure is 
He's got kids. Oh, Philip Rivers. Yes. I was going to guess that, but I, I don't know. A lot of kids. <laughs> um, so I was going to bring this up. I was going to bring this up to your point about the under pressure. And surprisingly, the person I'm about to compare him to is 22nd, which isn't good, but it's in front of Aaron Rodgers. Blake Boyle is no surprise. Derek Carr, no surprise. Ben Roethlisberger, though, is down at 29 in QB rating under pressure. But I said to Joe and Chris, when I asked this question, to your point under pressure, I said he's starting to look like Eli Manning under pressure. Like he's throwing off balance. He's spinning away from contact. That's not even there. He's just like, he looks like the bad Eli Manning when he's under pressure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not good. I, I did a, uh, an article on this in the off season, looking at the most pressure sensitive quarterbacks, quarterbacks who were really good from a clean pocket, really bad when under pressure over a significant sample uh, Cam Newton was actually probably the most pressure sensitive. He just falls apart from a, from a, in a pressured pocket. Uh, every time I hear under pressure, by the way, I want to, I want to start singing uh, Queen and David Bowie. Uh, but, if you didn't hear me, I did that earlier. When oh, I was, okay. That, that's what it was then. Under pressure. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that's all you have to do. And now it's stuck in your head. <laughs> but uh, you know who the most pressure immune quarterback is over the past three seasons? Drew Brees. Mm-mm. I'll give you a hint. He is the most like DGAF, YOLO, <laughs> obvious. Jay Cutler? Yeah. How funny <laughs> is that? He's like the same quarterback when under pressure as <laughs> when he just doesn't care. <laughs> That's what I was going to have to say. That's when you said it, that actually makes sense because he's like, I don't do whatever. I'm still going to throw a ridiculous ball anyway. <laughs> I, I, I love when the stats just like perfectly match up to your prior, prior held uh, convictions. You know, it'd be really good. I don't know if you did, but to take that study you did and then also compare it to the quality of pass protection for offensive lines. Yeah. So I have another stat that looks at uh, pressure rate uh, contrasted okay. by um, time in the pocket. So okay. if you are pressured at a really high rate and you're, you're like getting the ball out really quickly, that's a sign you have an cool. atrocious offensive line. Hold on. So to your point, mm-hmm. now, again, for everybody out there, we're recording this on Monday Night Football. For the people that were watching Monday Night Football, so we just got Cam Newton trying to escape pressure from Cameron Jordan, and he did, and he rolled out to the flat right side of him. He has Christian McCaffrey wide, flipping open seven yards over the middle of the field and throws it about four yards short. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly to your point of what we're talking about. That's so funny. So there you go. Look, proof in the pudding as we're recording this podcast. Uh, I want to go back to the Giants and the Derrick Henry and everybody and their brother running all over this team that, you know, I understand Damon Harrison is one of the best run-stuffing defensive tackles in the NFL, but good God, I did not expect the Giants defense to go from pretty dang good to just throw me back there and I'm going to get 60 yards. Nah, well, 10 yards. But just anybody could run against them. And now we get Marlon Mack, who nobody probably got the benefit of using last week because nobody probably trusted them in the playoffs if you even got there with Marlon Mack. But so this is going to be similar to Derrick Henry. It's like we had the Derrick Henry game, and people throw him out there last week against the Giants because it's like, all right, I missed the first game, but now it's a great matchup. Is Marlon Mack going to do the same thing? Is Marlon Mack going to have the Giant game people missed last week, and now he's getting the Giants? It's going to be like, all right, now I get the benefit, at least in the second game. 
Yeah, so the way you, you, you posed this question to me initially was, uh, is Marlon back back? And uh, I don't think he's back, but I also don't think he was ever gone. I think he is <laughs> who he's always been, which is a, a – should, should I said back to that two-game stretch? Yeah, that, that you know, micro seasons within a season. We're like, Marlon Mack is transcendent and uh, a <laughs> league winner. of Mack. Right. No, he, he is who he's always been, which is to say he's a committee running back who benefits more from positive than negative game script. When there's a negative game script, that's when Naheem Hines comes in, steals touches. Uh, he does better against run funnel defenses. Uh, but luckily for him, all those things check out this week. He's going to have uh, um, great game scripts. The, the Giants are massive dogs, and, and they're giving up a ton of points to running backs uh, since trading snacks. And they're a, a run-funnel defense, meaning Andrew Luck is not going to need to throw the ball. You could lean heavy on Mac just like he did last week, and I think this is a, a great spot for him. I, I'll pose a question to you, Seeley. Who, where does... Seeley? Oh, are we in high school? <laughs> nice jacob uh where does my name whatever where does where does mac rank in your rankings this week so that, oh you that, i see what you did so you're asking me a rankings question as of monday night yeah maybe before my projections are done yeah uh, off, the, off the top of my head if i had to yeah. guess a spot i will say mac checks in rb 14 Mm, that seems low. Uh, there's a lot of people I trust more. I'm, I'm uh, Philip Lindsay or Marlon Mack. Who do the Broncos have again this week? Broncos have ooh at Oakland on Monday. Oh God, at Oakland on Monday. Look Monday. at that. That's a tough one. That's going to be. I think you know what? Because they're, they're they're kind of identical in in usage, where they're not given a bell cow workload. But, uh, but the thing is, is Lindsay's yeah. got two people to deal with where Mac's only got one. I think I would lean Mac. Actually, I know I would lean Mac. Yeah. All right. I think that's right. Uh, he might, maybe he. Well, Lindsay also only has 54 yards rushing over his last two games. Yeah. Let's see. That's what I'm saying. You got the two other people to deal with. Devontae Booker was out there again. I got to tell you what, I'm really tempted to have Nick Chubb number one this week. <laughs> who do, who do the Browns play? Home against the Bengals. Oh, that's nice. And I wouldn't be surprised if Duke Johnson even like saves somebody's butt in a deep PPR league this week. I mean, it's the Bengals. You want to talk about the, you want to talk about a team that makes the Giants defense look capable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about the Bengals. Good God. Um, yeah. I think you're going to be pretty succinct with this answer because I talked to you before the show and you gave me like four words. <laughs> but like, people need to know. Aaron Jones could miss this week. I mean, he sprained a ligament in his knee, so usually players don't come back and play immediately the very next game. I know a lot of people out there don't like Jamal Williams. They're like, oh, it's just Jamal Williams. He looks like he's running insane. And I'm not going to disagree with any of these things, but you're talking about Jamal Williams against the Jets defense on the flip side with the Elijah McGuire situation who have been pretty forgiving to running backs, who's probably going to see 15-plus touch. I mean, who else is he sharing touches with? So... He's got. You got to say he's going to be top twenty, right? Um. See, so yeah, I, I don't know. I do. I so I just hate Jamal Williams. Uh, you know, just hyper inefficient by any measure, and especially when compared to Aaron Jones. And that's never a good sign when one of your own teammates. Right, well, here, like here, hold on, hold on. Doubling your yeah. 
Let me play devil's advocate in the positive way. So maybe angel's advocate. I'm going to try and spin a little bit, oh, of, positivity. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of positivity onto Jamal Williams. I'm going to say the yeah. same thing I said to him when he came out of the draft. And it's a positive outlook for him. But somebody that used to play for the Packers, he's the James Jones of running backs. He does a lot of things good. <laughs> he just doesn't do anything exceptional. Like he's a good, well, he's a very good pass blocker, but he's a yeah. good runner. He's got... I wouldn't say that. At least elusiveness. Okay, speed. He's some toughness between the tech. Like, he does everything James Jones level. And I think that's fine if you're going to get 15 plus touches. I think he's uh, uh, a little more below average than that. Uh, but, but, you know, Angel's advocate, he <laughs> is going to see. I know we did. It's official. We, he did see, he's, he is going to see a bell cow workload, I think, just due to injuries, the trade of Ty Montgomery, and that's great. Uh, the issue is, you know, he's gotten very close to that before, even earlier this season, and he did nothing with it. And, you know, very few productive games throughout his career, despite quite a lot of games with a heavy touch workload, um, is – I don't think he's top 24 – um, I think he's probably is definitely top thirty. Um, no, uh, maybe border, maybe borderline top, top twenty-four. I mean, yeah, I mean we're looking at well, okay. So because here's an example. So let's talk about two situations, and then I want to talk, and we'll get we'll finish out. We just talk a lot of running backs today, and because we're going to finish out with some top end talented, end on a positive note. But we had two situations where we might be seeing a timeshare now. So the first one is more concerning than the second one, at least in my opinion. Let's talk about the first one first, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. So Spencer Ware looks good in replacing Kareem Hunt. Spencer Ware gets hurt, missed time. Damian Williams, who in that game was fine, got a touchdown, but if you looked at the yards per touch and watched the game, did not look as good as Spencer Ware. But now you have last week's game where Damian Williams looked really dang good. So Kansas City Chiefs this week in their game, and they play – on the night game, Seattle, on the road, Damian Williams, Spencer Ware, are we in for a timeshare or are we in for a lot of frustration? I think both. I think it's a timeshare and it's, it's a lot of frustration. We saw, you know, two weeks ago, similar work. I think identical targets, um, maybe like 15 to 8 carries in, in Ware's favor. I think we probably see that again. Uh, maybe a little bit more for Damian or maybe – he is used more in a, a scat back role. I think he should be. Um, but yeah, it's going to be like Charkandrick West and, and Spencer Ware. Um, what, what is it? Two or three seasons ago. And you know, that was frustrating and annoying and, and good luck picking which one does better. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have a good read on it. And uh, Charkandrick West. Yeah. So you've heard people say like Charknado and, <laughs> and Charkazard. Like, the, people keep screwing up. The easiest one is very, it's right there for you. It's Charkmander. Like, Ooh. why are people, it's Charkmander. That's very, it's, it's the second four. It's very simple. It's Char, like Charmander, Chark, <laughs> Charkandrick. It's like right there for everybody. Why do they, everybody keep like going to the other ones? Right. I'll, I'll give that to you too. It's also like, you know, Charkmander evolves into Spencer Ware evolves into Kareem <laughs> Hunt in terms of talent level. Yeah, that's very good. So, so what, Kareem Hunt is Charizard? Is that what you're telling me? In terms of talent, yeah, he 
leads all running backs in missed tackles force per touch this year. He led all running backs in missed tackles force per touch last year. And his last two years of college, he led all running backs in missed tackles force per touch. He's just like, you know, I know he's Real not in the quick. league anymore, and he's a he's a jerk and all that, and that's that's yeah. warranted. But but uh, as far as talent goes, he's he's a transcendent talent in my opinion. Yes, and and so real quick to that question, and I have no problem with out there people who say I'm not drafting him at all because of what happened. You know, so we had somebody in our community that a couple of years ago with the Adrian Peterson thing said, well, now he, I'm dropping him because it came out in this season. He's like, I'm going to drop it, and you know, that's your right as your fantasy owner if you want to do that. But just as a side question, real quick, if we're heading into the 2019 draft. And we know it's six games for Kareem Hunt to start the season. The end. Where you draft? And assuming it's a decent team, obviously. But where you draft? Would you take a flyer on him in like the fifth or the sixth round because of that talent, or like what kind of factor are you putting into that? Again, we I know the team is going to matter, but because of the talent, are you still going to take that flyer opportunity? Yeah, I would. Um, and and not just that, but like look at the numbers he put up in Kansas City, uh, and then look at the volume he saw compared to the other running backs where he was, he was outscoring. Like uh, it is possible he, he lands in an even better role uh, or a role where, where he sees even more volume. Um, it's hard to be as efficient as he was in Kansas city. I don't think that's likely, but, but I uh, could land somewhere with better volume. Um, and, and in any case, I do think he is a transcendent, talent who can overcome like even like an Oakland type situation. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Like fifth or sixth round, six games. Uh, yeah. All right. Like, so back to things. That I mean, happen. I mean, last year, uh, before the Spencer Ware injury, I, I staked like my reputation on Kareem Hunt hitting. I said, uh, he's, he's basically Exodia. You just like log out and win. And that was before the, the, the wear injury. And then it's like, definitely so. Uh, so, so for so everybody I'll listening, yeah. Yeah. For everybody listening, Scott's talking to you, not me, because we had text messages going back and forth. Oh, about, right. That's yeah. right. No, no, no. I wasn't telling you to remind you. Oh, I guess you forgot. I, was tell, I wasn't telling you like, oh, don't you remember? I was just telling you, I was kind of like saying like, you know, we were sending text messages gushing over the talent. Again, talent. That's right. Yeah. Um, so another one, Jalen Samuels has mm-hmm. looked better than expected, I would have to say, because right. there, there was no question that we didn't know if Jalen Samuels could handle for workload. We had the numbers. He's never carried the ball more than blah, 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 all that type of stuff. When he was drafted, he was drafted as a hybrid. I talked to Mike Tomlin in person and asked him about Jalen Samuels, and he even said, I want to figure out ways to use him but he didn't even know if he was going to be only a running back or only whatever. So with the way that he's looked and James Conner coming off a high ankle sprain, you still rolling Conner? You rolling Conner with 60% of the workload, 70% of the workload, 80 like it normally is for the Steelers? What do you expect, honestly, if James Conner is back this week against the Saints? It's actually typically more than more than 80% of the workload. It's like 95, I think, uh, <laughs> which is like better than like – any other team and and that you know tips my hand at the answer is that Tomlin prefers a bell cow running back he doesn't like to mess around with any of these committees we've seen that for five years now whether it's D'Angelo Williams or or whoever and um, yeah so I think I think Connor gets the bell cow workload I think you start him as uh, a high-end to mid-range RB1 and I think that's where he's going to be in my rankings this week Okay, so you're completely off Jalen Samuels then, I'm assuming. 
I'm not playing him now. Okay. Uh, would you play Zach Zinner? Um, I'm not telling no, you. He, he, he's in a, he's in a three way running back by committee situation. Uh, I think he's kind of in the lead, but yeah, it's but. a lead split three ways. <laughs> it is not a bad is. offense. And, and they're facing the Vikings and it's Zach Zenner. Um, so, so no, that's my answer. Okay. Let's talk about some really good running backs. How about that? All right. Zeke Elliott. Don't, don't, okay. Okay. I thought you were yeah. going to say the other person on the list and I, I might fight you. No, uh, no. Yeah. I was going to say Ezekiel Elliott. I was going to say Ezekiel Elliott rebounds question mark against the Buccaneers at home this week. Yeah. I love how he scored. Uh, what was it? 17.8 fantasy points. And it's like, Oh, I hope he rebounds, but that's true. That like, that's his absolute. Oh, thank you. That's what I said after the freaking game for this chiefs was like, Oh, Mahomes got me 18 points. I'm so ticked off. I can't believe it. Do you 18 points is like his floor. Yeah, like worst case people? scenario, that's not going to happen again. But it's yeah, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. They, they, they got shut out, and you know they were averaging like twenty four point four points per game since week six, which is pretty good. They think it's like top twelve. Um, but his volume is like, like almost like the best I've ever seen. Um, so over his last six games, you've seen one hundred thirty seven carries and forty eight targets. And uh, by my data, that you have to remember, like in PPR leagues especially, but in all leagues, targets are worth more for running backs than carries. Uh, you just a higher expectation of yards, also that that reception bonus if it's there. Um, so in PPR leagues, if you factor that in, that those forty-eight targets, which is more than he's ever had in a single season, that he just had across his last six games, uh, this six-week stretch for Elliott is the 10th best since targets became a stat in 1992. The only other names above him, LaDainian Tomlinson, Steven Jackson, Priest Holmes, uh, and one Le'Veon Bell season. So ridiculous, ridiculous volume. Um, he has a great matchup this week against Tampa Bay. Uh, I could see him just dropping the hammer and swinging leagues this week. Do you know the last time he didn't have at least five targets? Um, what, eight weeks ago? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, yeah, depending on how you want to cut off eight, you're right. Because it was against Jacksonville. He had one. But, uh, yeah, he only had 106 rushing yards and a touchdown in that game, too. So, screw Ezekiel He's Elliott. no Derrick Henry. I uh, know. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott with his 128 total yards. Right. <laughs> Idiot. Throw <laughs> my team. God, I was so, like, I wish I could complain about my running back getting me 12 standard points and what, you know, as you said in PPR, and that would be like a complaint. Please, please do so. Uh, were you going to say, when I was going to say talk about better running backs, where you thought I was going to bring up Leonard Fournette? That's right. It's a, no, because that's, I wasn't, because I've never been a huge Leonard Fournette fan. He mm-hmm. is volume, 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 as we've seen so far for his career. But I put W2TH because, it's not WTH and just like what the hell happened last week where he got two snaps and what one touch in the second half. And it's not just the fact that they used Williams who was Williams even drafted. He was either a seventh rounder or undrafted to get a look at him. Like really? My question is, can you even use Leonard Fournette this week with what just happened? Um, yeah, you, you can just cause the volumes there. Uh, but it wasn't. I mean, 
not really last week, but uh, before that he had, you know, 28 carries, two targets, 18 carries, uh, three targets, 14 carries, three targets. Uh, so he's still like definitely startable, but, but uh, let me explain like what's going on. First <laughs> yes, of all, please do. well, first, actually real quick before you do, yeah. who do you think is trying to get fired more Marone or Gase? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're talking about Tom Coughlin returning to coaching. He's just like, you know, a uh, hundred years older than like his, whoever is starting quarterback. Well, at least he's in Jacksonville. So his face won't turn beat red in three seconds. So like, he doesn't that's have to right. that. Um, so, so I, I never really liked Fournette. Um, you know, some of the PFF analysts we had uh, said, listen, like this guy shouldn't even be uh, taken in the first round or the second. Um, and I, I put out an article that was like oh, Dalvin Cook. Or the draft? The NFL draft. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. And I, I had, we, we liked, we loved Kareem Hunt. We loved Dalvin Cook. We loved Christian McCaffrey. But Leonard Fournette was a guy, we, like the, the analysts, like I'm, I, closest friends with were, were most skeptical on. And I had this article that came out saying Dalvin Cook is vastly superior to Leonard Fournette as a talent. And I got so much heat for that. But, you know, when, when Cook is healthy versus Fournette, like that, that looks like an easy win for me, I think. But, you know, as much as I, you know, piled on him, I, I loved him for fantasy because I knew the touches would, would be there. What's right. happening now is – well, teams are selling out to stop him. They're not worried about the quarterback in Jacksonville. They're loading the box, and it's really, really hard to run against a loaded box. And then on top of that, he's not getting good game script because this team is not good. The offense is atrocious. They've lost five consecutive games. You're not going to be running the ball when you're losing by 21 points. Um, luckily, the matchup's not that bad this week. Miami gives up a lot to running backs. Um, you're still going to start him, I think, as like a high-end RB2, low-end RB1. But, um, yeah. Marlon Mack or Leonard Fournette? Um, <laughs> yeah, see, like that's a legitimate question now. Um, uh, I'd say Mack feels safer. Philip Lindsay or Leonard Fournette? Um, I'd probably Fournette. I, I think you're right on that call. Oh, all right. Here, here's the – most important question of this Who, who's who's the best friend at pro football focus who's the best one? Oh, i i can't leak that <laughs> i want everybody wants to know who how do you rank your friends at pro football yeah. <laughs> um uh, well i thought i was about to get you i thought nah, you were about to say nah. oh, okay Take it back. all right so you said that with the dalvin cook situation so before i let you get actually is there anybody else you want to talk about real quick before i let you out of here uh, I would say I, I wanted to pick your brain on, on Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook. Um, no. so, so Cook, I think, ranks third in fantasy points the last three weeks. Mixon, I think, ranks second of the last two weeks. Uh, do you think either of those guys or um, could be league winners for you this week? They're both in good spots. They're both seeing great volume in recent weeks. 11 billion percent. So oh. you know, if, you, if you want – so Joe Mixon's draft – Pure talent-wise, I had him number one. Mm. Alvin Cook's draft, to your point, I had him in the discussion, depending on landing spot, as being top three because I was with you um, for what you guys are talking about. But I kind of – I I towed the line, not intentionally, but it did matter. Like, 
what is Christian McCaffrey's use going to be? Is it going to be what we saw this year or was somebody going to bring him in and use him 12 times a game? Um, so I am and have been a huge supporter of both running backs. So you're asking – the reason I say this is because you're asking somebody that's also kind of looking through them for like I'll make apologies for them. Um, maybe to a fault that hasn't been a fault yet because I told people earlier this year, buy on Dalvin Cook, buy on Dalvin Cook, keep Dalvin Cook on your roster. And to your point, and this isn't self-backpatting, this is just like sometimes we're really right, sometimes we're really wrong about players. Hell, Sean Penny, I'll admit, 100% wrong. Now, right. granted, I moved them way down my rankings before the draft started, This see the fantasy draft, not the real draft, yeah. um, because they were clearly going with Chris Carson. But up until that point for that first month, if you drafted early August, you were like me and drafting Rashad Penny in like the sixth round, and that was a bust. So I'll admit both ways. But, yeah, so I think both of them have always had the talent and always been in that situation where if healthy, because both of them have injury concerns, if healthy, I don't even care if they're playing tough defense. I don't even care if they're facing the Jaguars when the Jaguars play well. I think both of them can be league winners, especially to your point. One gets Cleveland and the other, who's uh, – I think this is another really good one. You just said it was a good matchup for both of them, right? Oh, Detroit, because I mentioned earlier before about Zach Center. Yeah, so, I, oh, you know what? To your point, Scott, the Lions defense has actually been very good against the run since they got mm-hmm. Damon Harrison. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not concerned at all about Dalvin Cook because we saw it last week. Passing game, he's great. Joe Mixon passing game, they're great. They're both exceptionally talented. You disagree at all? Uh, no, I agree. What, one more question for you. Wait, 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 wait. Why does this turn into like, like Scott Barrett's all in our sports podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, you're listening to the Scott Barrett podcast we have on uh, Jake Seeley. There you uh, go. First, first question, uh, uh, what about Tevin Coleman with Ito Smith out? Oh, you know, fire up Brian Hill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> against Carolina, I'm not that excited. Like, here's a question for you to come back. We're going to play this game at the end of the show. <laughs> Has any player lost more free agency money than Tevin Coleman? Oh, man, I know. Maybe that was their plan all along. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was telling everyone in Dynasty to, to you know, go out and get Tevin Coleman because he's going to be uh, this monster, like, free agent acquisition at the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, like, being outperformed by Edo Smith. That's, that's Right. Not- I was going to say, watch him end up back with the team next year. And the most annoying thing is, yeah, so watch that. And then also watch Devonta Freeman, who's clearly better, stuck in a committee with Tevin Coleman. Well, he's also insistent on having a thousand concussions and not stopping lowering his head. So, oh, right. Yeah, so Devonta Freeman might only play two games again next year just because Devonta Freeman is like. So, before you're out of here, Scott, and back to everything else you're doing, I want to make sure everybody knows one, I already said where to follow you at Scott Barrett. DFB, but on Pro Football Focus, tell everybody like your articles, what you have coming out, the, what I mentioned before about the matchup column because I know you do DFS too. Like, make sure everybody knows everything that they're missing out by not paying attention to your stuff, so they do pay attention to your stuff. Read my actual opportunity column. It's a, a stat I invented called Expected Fantasy Points. It's based on volume, uh, which is, as you know, as a ranker projection guru. Uh, is more sticky than uh, efficiency. Uh, it It's basically why I've been so successful at DFS over the past three years is just contrasting um, this this score versus salary. Uh, you can read my start-sit column, uh, only one or two weeks left of that. 
Uh, Five Stats to Know is an article I have that comes out every uh, Monday. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, my big articles are my, my DFS articles that come out on Friday and Saturday, the Saturday one for Pro Football Focus. I don't think it's paywalled this year. I look at everything uh, that's DFS relevant for the, the slate at hand. Uh, and I've had quite a bit of success. Some, some followers win winning, you know, borderline triple digit numbers. Uh, I mean, no, six, yeah, six digit numbers. Um, so, uh, yeah, check, check that out. Check out my work or any, don't. Like, thank you baskets lost. or anything. Oh no, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. I'm going to start demanding fruit baskets. Somebody offered to send me a bottle of wine one year. I was like, I, I don't drink. So you don't drink No. What? I think it all tastes, I, don't think, I think it tastes disgusting. That's the thing is that's why it's not anything else. People have gotten, you try like Long Island iced tea and even the fruity. You don't, drinks. you don't drink it for the, the taste. It's not no, I don't, no, I don't like anything. Like even when people, so the thing is, is like, I like vodka pasta, like vodka Romanelli. Love that. But the alcohol's cooked off. I love bourbon yeah, chicken. You don't get, yeah, you don't get drunk. No, yeah, but that's okay. the thing. Is that the stuff is cooked off. The the actual taste, of the alcohol is like everything is ruined for me. Like some, we had a girl come over and make a dessert, and it was a dark chocolate bourbon cake, and she apparently the, the it didn't finish burning it all off, and I took a bite and I was like, "There's something wrong with this," and it's it's just the taste for me. It's just it's one of those things. It's just I have a palate that hates it. You, well, first of all, why do you have like girls coming over making you extravagant desserts? It's for our church community group. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a singles community group on Friday nights. Why wasn't I invited? Hey, you want to drive down six and a half hours every time? Oh, I guess not. That's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, uh, are you coming to F- drunk cake? <laughs> are you coming to the FSTAs? I am coming to the FSTAs. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm getting you hammered. It's impossible because it, it's not happening. Uh, have you ever had uh, Jameson and ginger ale? I've had, I've tasted most everything. I don't all want right, it. All right. All right. <laughs> I won't, I, to the listeners at home, I'm going to peer pressure him. I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. I'll, I'll tweet about it. Guess uh, what, Scott? Yeah. Y- you're not the first. You won't be the <laughs> last, but you will, just like the rest, fail mm-hmm. as everybody who tries to challenge me. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll still try my hardest. We'll see. As as we get out of the show, by the way, Scott, the the uh, the the person winning right now, the showdown classic on DraftKings, yeah, has both the Saints, Panthers defense, and Will Lutz. That's how bad. Oh you know, wow, was wow. That's good. all you need to know about this game. And the Saints yeah. are in this captain spot. <laughs> oh, Scott Barrett, everybody, one of the best, one of the young bright minds, and yeah, you, you'll, I'll say you're inside my top five. Does that make you feel good? Oh yeah, I, I like that. And 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 Jake, yeah, you're you're one of the old, bright minds in my top five as well. Thanks, I appreciate that. Once again, that was Scott Barrett of Pro Football Focus. Uh, lots of insight, stats, and so forth. You know the deal. If you haven't been to Pro Football Focus, check it out. It's all the advanced stats that you can want, including some of the stuff that you've seen from next-gen stats, like James Coe talks about when he comes on Thursday from the NFL side of things. But Pro Football Focus has theirs. They have Scott Barrett. You should be checking it out and listening to them. And I'll be back tomorrow, as I said, for Patreon Thursday for James Coe and another special guest on Thursday. And then a special show in general next week for the Christmas week. But until then, I'll talk to you later. 
stuff. I already got started earlier today, Scott, on the fact that I feel like somebody is big timing me. So I don't. Ooh. Yeah. So r- r- real quick is I had a guest on this podcast, mm-hmm. which I was exceptionally excited about and super pumped about at the time. Uh, it happens to be a writer of a TV show, a TV show on TBS. Mm. Um, first word means the end of something. Sec- second word is that stuff out there with all the stars and everything like that. It kind of rhymes with a uh, dinal case. If you, if so, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like, I've, no I've talked to him on the phone. I've texted him. I've DM like all of a sudden got ghosted. I'm getting big time, Scott. Oh no. Yeah. When you get ghosted by, you know, like a C- celebrity. Like, yeah. That my celebrity. I guess that's better than just some some random chick you met at a bar. No, but it definitely, I guess, it kind of feels that way. It's the third time I've been big-timed. Mm, mm. Do you big-time? Is this karma? Uh, no, so, yeah, like, I've never done it to, like, I remember my roots. I've actually, part of the reason one of the people big-timed me was because I was reaching out to him because we both started in, like, Nowheresville when I was doing a show here locally in Virginia on, like, an AM station. So... That's how I got big time. It was like, oh, man, you know, I should catch up in New York and ignored me. And I shot him a message on Twitter and ignored me. And I shot a message to his email address and ignored me. Like, dude, seriously, you became big. You're on NFL Network. Not out there in California, a different one. That, that's your hint, Scott. <laughs> well, well, in my, my, my mind, my heart of hearts, you're, you're the real big time, the bigger man, because, you know, you're, you're a good person and you're not, you're not out here ghosting. <laughs> That's don't don't take. don't ruin the mystique. Don't tell people I'm a good person. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The villain of fantasy football. Yeah. But at least all of this. So it's somebody that's on a TV show in New York talking NFL. This big time me. It's the writer of a TV show on TBS, and it's D'Angelo Williams. I'll straight out call out D'Angelo Williams. So at least they've Ooh. been big timed by somewhat big people. Okay. Right? Yeah. Is that fair enough? Yeah. Although I got well, real quick, and we're gonna move on from this. I, I guess D'Angelo never really big time me. He just mm-hmm. kind of lied, I should say, <laughs> like, because we played Xbox one time, mm-hmm. and then I said, "Oh, you've come on the podcast." He's like, "Absolutely, blah blah," you know, like whatever. <laughs> and I saw him on ESPN one time, and I was like, "Great spot, dude. Are you getting like into podcasting, whatever?" Like messages back and forth. Then I asked him, he's like, "Yeah, we'll do it sometime again. No follow up." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "All right, well, do you want to set something up?" And then just started getting ignored. So, mm. well, I mean, you 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 can't you can't expect him to come on when he's like drunk playing Xbox. So now now I'm now I'm taking D'Angelo's side a little bit. I'll have him on my podcast. We'll we'll talk about you, how you stick with Xbox. Get just get my fifty dollars from him because I bought that game. I bought Call of Duty. I forget which one it was. I want to say it was black ops 2 i forget or maybe the first black ops i bought 50 dollars to play it with him because he tweeted that he was gonna be playing with it. anybody who hasn't ever played it before because he wanted to play with new people mm. and i said i would go buy it so i spent 50 dollars to go play one time with d'angelo williams mm. Mm. yeah right. well like that one time you enjoyed <laughs> well it's a fun game so <laughs> i don't want to know i've ever played i don't have anybody else to play with I need friends, Scott. Want to be my friend? Uh, yeah, but I have PS4. What? Yeah. I'm really good, too. I would destroy you. Well, I mean, no, you could teach me on your team. No. Just, what are you doing on PS4? It's, I'm, I, I love it. Yeah, whatever. All right, let's talk fantasy, because that's what people are here for, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. 
I can go back when I do the intro and I'll say, if you want to jump ahead five minutes and get back. <laughs> right.